If business was that easy, any, everybody would be doing it. There's a reason they call it like the 1%, you know, like it's, it's because it's hard. It is hard. So who you are and your determination and tenacity is going to determine your success. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Are you sick and tired of managing 10 different platforms to run your real estate business and spending premium prices on all of those platforms? Well, then look no further than Wholesaling Inc.'s tool of the month, and that is RE Simply. RE Simply is not just a great CRM for your wholesaling leads, and it is not just a great dialer for your cold calling, and it's not just a great skip tracing service. It is so much more than those things. RE Simply will allow you to do things like list stacking and automated drip campaigns, like following up with motivated sellers with emails and texts and ringless voicemails and even direct mail campaigns. These guys haven't left anything out and even have their own driving for dollars app. This is truly a one-stop solution for all of your business needs. RE Simply will not only simplify your life, but it will absolutely streamline your entire real estate business. And save you not just a ton of time, but a boatload of cash. We recommend a lot of different tools to get the most for your money, but RE Simply has no equal. And for a limited time, if you go to resimply.com forward slash wholesaling inc, you will save 20% on your first month. To take advantage of this incredible discount, again, head over to resimply.com. That is R-E-S-I-M-P-L-I.com forward slash wholesaling inc. And stop wasting time jumping around from platform to platform and start spending your time where it counts, doing more deals. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, do you have a pride in your work as a professional, as an American, but you feel like you lack control or feel limited in your time? But if you invest in land, you own land, land that is American land, you can experience freedom, freedom of time, freedom of finances, and freedom of geography. I'm Brent Bowers, and join me on my show where each and every episode, we learn how to invest in land, make money with American land, and as a real estate investor, so you can earn the freedom you want and deserve. Hello, Rhino Nation, Wholesaling Inc. Today, I've got a crazy episode. I've got an amazing episode. This guest you have probably heard many times. You probably know a lot about her, but I bet you, you have never heard the story she is about to share today. You know, so many powerful things about finding that person, that person you want to emulate and model standing on the shoulders of giants and how quitting is never, ever going to be an option and how it took her three years to finally start gaining traction. And she had already left her corporate job and had already had her first child. Let's go ahead and get into it. And you're going to be shocked about who this guest is. And I think you're going to be happy to hear it. Lauren Hardy, how are you today? Hey, what's up, Brent Bowers? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh my gosh. You know, it's been a while. I mean, just so the listeners understand, you are busy. Like you have children, you have your company, and you're also coaching with Wholesaling Inc. So it's been hard to pin you down. So I'm thrilled with this. 
It's my pleasure. And today I'm just looking forward to kind of, you know, seeing the entrepreneurship life of Lauren Hardy, the seasons. I mean, before we pressed record, you're talking about how you got started in this at age 25. Let's jump right in. I love it. You know, I am an open book. So ask me anything. My favorite thing is to get real and overshare. So let's do it. All right. With that permission, you know, a lot of people, I feel like struggle, like getting started. You know, they see what you're doing with this. Like they see that you're running like multiple businesses now and you are juggling this and also still an amazing mother. You know, how did you start? Like what did 25 year old Lauren Hardy look like when you were just getting started? Like what planted the seed in your mind to be this like real estate investing master, real estate investing master? I'll get my words right here in a minute. Yeah, no, no worries. Virtual investing mastery, by the way, my course name is horrendously long and hard to say. So you and me both struggle to say that. But you know, it's so funny. I was actually thinking about this the other day because I feel like recently I've sort of hit a ceiling in my business where I need, I want to go to the next level. Like that we need to raise the ceiling. And I thought about it. I go, well, what was different about 10 years ago? Because 10 years ago, you had a ceiling on top of you. It was your your corporate job. Like you worked a corporate job. You were making 55,000 a year. I think it was like 53, actually. Like you had a huge ceiling on you. You, you weren't, you had no other options. There were no other ways to print money, so to speak, for yourself, right? So, like, what was it? And then I thought about it. I go 10 years ago, I had a lot of like visions of like who I wanted to be like. Like I had a vision. There was someone in my head. She was actually an owner of a construction company that in the corporate job I had, we used their construction company. And she was the owner. She was a female owner of a massive commercial construction company. I mean, she was amazing. First of all, she was beautiful. Okay. She looked like Barbie. She was nice. She was kind. She took the time to talk to anyone. Like no one was like, she wasn't above anyone. She wasn't arrogant. She was rich. She had a nice car. (laughs) She had two girls. She had two daughters. You know, I mean, I just wanted to be her. Like, I was like, I'm going to be this girl. Like, I want to be her. Right. I had it so in my head. And I would, anytime I would see her, because we had meetings with her like every week. I would just like look at what she was wearing. And I was like, I just like, she's so fabulous. And I'm going to be her. I am going to be this woman. If you guys want to look her up, her name's Cheryl Osborne. She owns Casco Casco Construction in Irvine. Cheryl, if you're ever listening to this, you are fabulous, right? So I realized recently right now, I have a ceiling over me. There is a next level I want to go to, but I don't have a Cheryl right now. Like I don't have someone that I am inspired inspired and obsessed and and kind of stalking. (laughs) You know, I mean, it sounds super creepy, but like, I don't have that right now. And I was like, girl, you need to get that person. Like you need to find the person you want to emulate because when I get that, I become obsessed with it. And I copy everything they do. I copy everything they do. So let me take you back to 10 years ago. I was 25 years old. I was on the track to just work in the corporate world in commercial real estate. And I wasn't making a ton of money. I I think I was making around $53,000 a year. And I really learned that really quickly that I didn't like corporate politics. 
I didn't like that someone dictated how much money I made. And it doesn't didn't really matter how hard I worked. It really was like who you knew, who you kissed butt to, like in the office, who your parents were, what college you went to. Like there's a lot of corporate politics. And I did not know how to play that game. Like I was really confused. There was also this other thing in me where every company I ever worked for, I always thought, how could I be the owner of this company? I never thought like, oh, I want to move up to manager. Like I never was there. I was like, I want to own this company. And I would look at the owner and go, I want to be there. So it's funny. I list, I was reading this book. I'm only on chapter one. As I had this thought, I opened up this book and the first quote, it goes, if you don't know where you're going, you might not get there. Oh, powerful. And, and what is that? What was I explaining guys with my girl crush on Cheryl Osborne? Like, she was where I was going. I was like, I'm going to look like her. I'm going to be fabulous like her. I am going to drive a cool car like she does. And I'm going to have two daughters. And the funny thing is at the time, I only had one kid. I had one daughter. And I was like, I really want two daughters. <laughs> it just looks awesome. <laughs> like I just wanted her life, right? So I picked Cheryl's brain. I learned all about her. Like anyone who knew about Cheryl, I'd ask questions. I read articles about her because she was like in some articles. I found out she started her business on her kitchen table. It was the same motivation. She didn't like her corporate job. So she started it on her kitchen table. She had one daughter at the time. And she, her first year, she only made like $25,000. She told me that. And I'm like, okay, I got, all right. So everyone starts somewhere. Cheryl yes. started somewhere, right? That is powerful. And, and I'm so, I appreciate you sharing that because like I'm inspired. I've got goosebumps. I'm actually writing like a lot of these notes down that, that you're talking about. Yours was Cheryl. You know, mine was Jim Rohn. And I had another mentor. You know, I think a lot of very successful people have somebody that I call it my rabbit, somebody mm -hmm. that, that I'm chasing. I had the same person in the military. You know, yeah. I wanted to be an army officer. So I followed the army officer I wanted to be. So that's very powerful. Anybody listening to this, like who is your Cheryl? Right. Right. And I also had, you know, when I was younger, so I used to get real bad grades when I was a kid. I, I just... <laughs> no, really? Most entrepreneurs don't get bad grades. Yeah. Hated school and couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure out this game called school. I was just like, what is... Why is this important? Like, I don't understand. Why do I need to know these things, right? A piano teacher who I also hated piano as well. Um, but my mom would made me play piano and I would just sit and his name was Marv. And I would just talk with him all the time. Instead of playing, we would just chit chat the whole time and pretend he would actually play the piano. So my mom thought something was happening during it. She's getting her money's worth. Yeah. And then we would talk while he was playing show tunes. It was fantastic. And he said, you know, Lauren, if you really want to get good grades, this is all you have to do. It's really easy. I was like, what? He's like, do exactly what your teacher says they want you to do. I was like, what? Oh, you're right. Like, it's so dumb, but it's so easy, right? So like, if you apply that, if you really want to be like Cheryl, do exactly what Cheryl did when she first got started. Like, yeah. do exactly what she... Pick her brain, find out what was it that you did? What was it that she did, right? So when I first got started, I had this massive, massive obsession with owning my own business printing my own money, having control over my time. You That's said that twice now, printing money. What do you mean by that? Because I have one idea, but now that you've said it twice, it's really caught my attention. Printing so money. My dad used to use the, the saying, 
And whenever he saw a really good business idea, he'd say, man, it's like he invented um, the machine that prints money, right? So it, it's kind of comes from a saying from my dad. But what I mean by it, at least what it means to me, when you have a corporate job, you can get fired. You have no way of making money. I've talked to someone who's been laid off and they are panicked. They don't know how to make their own money. Like they, they don't. For me, if real estate investing doesn't work out for me for whatever reason, if something happens where like technology grows and somehow this business becomes obsolete, right. I have this skill of entrepreneurship and I know how to, I will find a way to make a money machine. I will make a money machine. I'll find a way. That's determination. That's powerful. And once again, I, I've got goosebumps because at the end of the day, it's not about the real estate. It's not about the, the, the virtual investing and the wholesaling or the land in my case. It's about we're business owners and we go through these seasons of life, seasons of entrepreneurship, as you put it earlier before we hit the record button. You know, you talked about that first season as finding that Cheryl. And now you have passed through that ceiling. It sounds like you have blown, you know, Miss Cheryl out of the water, you know, which is great. That's what we do. We eventually become better than our masters. We were also talking about before we, we hit the record button, how we, you and I both have students that are kicking butt. I mean, they're doing so well. They're doing better than we are in this business, right. which is amazing. So totally. what is the next season? Let's talk about the season after that for yeah. Lauren Hardy. Let's talk about the entrepreneur roller coaster, right? There, it, yeah. wasn't, it was <laughs> not all good, you guys. It's actually a lot of it sucked <laughs> a lot. So when I first got started, first of all, it took me like eight months to get paid in this business. Like eight months. I was working for free for eight months while I had a corporate job. You know, I first I got Thank my God first... you didn't leave that job. Exactly. <laughs> I had the corporate job. I had a paycheck coming in and I was working on my lunch breaks in the morning and at night. And on the weekends. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It took a while, right? I didn't get, you know, I didn't just get my first deal within, you know, six weeks of marketing. No, it took me like four months of marketing to get my first deal. And, and then we And I flipped. bet you have students that get deals within six weeks of for starting. For sure. Out. For sure. <laughs> just not me. Just not me, right? Nothing for me will ever be easy. I'm, I know that for me. Because for some you're an reason. entrepreneur. Yeah. Nothing will ever be easy. So, you know, it was it, my first year, I did two house flips. And they were enough to let me quit my job. I had enough in savings at that point. My, I had a whole year's salary in savings. That was my goal. So I thought, man, I am killing it. I'm basically a prodigy. This is amazing. Like everything, I was like, okay, gonna quit my full time job. It was like the best day of my life making that call. I had had my daughter, and then after maternity leave, I just called and said, I'm not coming back. It's like the classic move. I mean, um, you had FU money that they always talk about. You said yeah. you made 53,000 a year. So you had two, if you had one year, two years worth yeah. of salary, I think you said. So that's no, 100. I had one year salary, right? So okay, I had 53. like, I had around 55 in my bank account at that point from those deals. I was like, forget it. Bye. Like, I'm Amazing. good. Amazing. Right. So I was stoked, stoked. I had my daughter. So my second year in the business, I give birth. I have this beautiful child. Her name's Presley. And she, I think I'm thinking I'm going to work from home around my kids. Like I took, uh -huh. Reese, I took Reese out of daycare. I have a baby with me, but she's quiet. She naps all the time, right? Like how hard could this possibly be? Reese is like two and a half at this point. Like how hard could this possibly be? I'll work while they nap. I was able to manage a full-time job and do this. How could I? I could totally do this from home, obviously. 
Easy peasy. Um, easy peasy. Okay. Within about like two weeks, I am like in the corner shaking, crying. This is so hard. Presley will not stop crying. She is like a very fussy baby. You know, Reese does not leave me alone. And I was like kind of in the throes of my, the beginning stages of my thyroid disease, which I didn't know. So like I had a lot of brain fog and like health issues that I didn't, I thought was postpartum related, but it was not. I actually do have a thyroid disease. I've had it now for like nine years. Wow. So like at the time, I just was not thinking straight. So my second year, I broke even in the business, meaning that I was spending money on marketing and I literally, I was like at a negative at that point, like for the year, for my year's PL. And at the very last like bit of the year, I closed like maybe two deals. I was able to make up the marketing budget, but that was it. I broke, I broke mm-hmm. even. What was yeah. the thoughts going through your mind? Do I just quit? Do I throw yeah. in the towel? Do I go back to the easy corporate job where right. I know like I'll get a steady paycheck? Mm-hmm. You know, what no. were the thoughts? Quitting was not an option. So that wasn't even, I didn't even put that in my head. It wasn't an option. But at the time, I wasn't getting any education or mentorship. I wasn't a part of any groups. I was kind of using like just friends like that I knew that were doing it. So I had like maybe three friends in the business and they were trying to guide me, but they kind of didn't even know what they were doing either. So like, it was like the blind leading the blind. I was using like bigger pockets forums. I didn't have a mentorship. So what I did is I took some of the extra money I had, I joined a mentorship program. And it was my first like mentorship program where like, you know, it comes with an e-course with like, you know, ongoing support or whatever. And I just dove headfirst into that mentorship program. And I did everything that mentor told me to do. And then the next year was when I started getting deal consistency. I remember it took me a while in that mentorship where I was like, okay, I, I fixed the broken pieces of my machine. I fixed what's wrong. Right. And then boom, I remember getting five deals under contract in one month. Like it was very like, whoa, you're three years into this now. Now this is like my third year. Yeah. As I'm in the mentorship. And then I finally got like five deals in one month and go like, and just going like, okay, I clearly had some broken pieces in my machine. Right. And my hat's off to you. And, And most people think, oh my gosh, this has to work in the next 30 days. You literally went three years, no quitting. You finally found a mentor or your first mentor was Cheryl, but she can only get you so far. Quitting, not an option. And if most people would have that stick to itness or that mindset, you know, the hardened mindset that you just told me with three years, like we wouldn't fail. But so many people, I mean, would you agree that most people like need it to work in 30 days and they're not willing to put in the effort? Yeah. They get discouraged way too fast. You guys think this is way easier than it is. If business was that easy, everybody would be doing it. There's a reason they call it like the 1%, you know, like it's, it's because it's hard. It is hard. So who you are and your determination and tenacity is going to determine your success. So year three, so get this. So I start finding some, I'm gaining traction. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm starting to flip houses more regularly in California, in my local market. I land this deal that I'm like, oh my God, this deal is going to make me so much money. It was, I got, it's a a long story of how I got it, but it was kind of through networking. It was an awesome deal in Garden Grove, California. I'm like, yes, it's my third year. I'm like, I got traction. This is awesome. Like I'm going to do like, maybe, maybe like I can do 10 deals this year. Like, yes. Okay. So I buy this deal. I have every intention to flip the house myself. 
It came tenant occupied. It was a previous foreclosure. So this was actually a real estate owned home. And I bought it with the owner still in it who just foreclosed. So I had to get the owner out. And I knew that. I understood that at buying it, I need to get the owner out. But it was a foreclosure. She foreclosed. She does not own this house anymore. So all I have to do is serve her eviction papers. So I went through with that process. And let's just say I bought a lawsuit. So that house came with drama that I did not know. It preceded me buying it. And that woman had to lock up that house. The way you lock up a house is you sue the person who owns it. So she sued me. And unfortunately, for the way like the way law works here is to lock up a property, you have to sue the owner. And she also sued the owner that foreclosed on her prior, right? The the bank that foreclosed, she sued that bank. It was actually a small investment company, a note investment company. She sued them, sued me to lock up the property. But to be able to sue me, you have to have a case. So lawyers are really good at coming up with lots of things you did wrong, even if you didn't do them, even if it's a complete and utter lie. So here I am three years in the business. I'm like 27 years old or something, maybe 28. It's starting to get old. uh, Yeah, right. I'm like, I have a little bait. I'm like, I'm like this mom. Like I remember getting served this lawsuit and Reese is like behind me, like, mama, what, who's that? And I was like, I just got served. Like what? I don't even know what happened. So I get sued. I am terrified at this point. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to lose the investor money. I'm going to lose this house and lose the money that the investor gave me to buy it. Like, or buy, I mean, I don't know. I didn't even know what the outcome was going to be. Like my head was spinning. It was the most stressful moment of my life. And the scary and sad thing about lawsuits is the only way to get through them is to to get through them. Like that's it. You have to, you got to wait it out. And it's a long horrible process. And even if you didn't do anything to deserve it, it's happening to you and there's nothing you could do about it. It's like, it's like a disease. (laughs) There's nothing you can do. You have to wait it out. So in that process, I said, okay, Lauren, you've got one option. You're going to have some money to pay back if this doesn't, if this goes south and you've got legal fees, you need to pay. You got one option, close a lot of freaking deals. So then next, get busy. So I hustled and the next year, I think that year I went from like, so at this point, every year at that point, I maybe closed like three deals. And then I was like up to like five, the next year was like 15. Like I just went like, I just three X what, because there was this fire underneath me of like, oh my God, you're going to lose some investors money. So you, you need to have money to pay it back. Make it up somewhere else, right? Somewhere else. Right. So Fast forward, let's go to now the next year, next year after that in this entrepreneurial journey. And I'm taking year you guys four? Through, is this, this is year probably four? year four, year five, right? Okay. So the outcome of the lawsuit, it took about a year and a half to settle that lawsuit. And basically, I ended up totally fine. The title insurance company paid all my legal fees because oh it because all of the they, you know, the the attorneys figured out that all of the problems preceded me owning it and it had nothing to do with me. And so they offered to pay um, the legal fees, but unfortunately I'm still like the house is locked up and it, I can't do anything with it. <laughs> so I had to pay all the carrying costs, you know, to keep it uh, for a year and a half, but the market was going up like as wow. this was happening. So I ended up making like, by the time the lawsuit was settled and I could sell that house, we net at $90,000 on that house. 
So Holy I actually, cow. I actually made more money on that flip than I would have if I flipped it the time at the time I got it. So, so not only did you make more money because like a blessing in disguise really is what it sounds like. It right. you know it gave you all this business education, the price of admission. I mean, you're still paying it year four and five. Right. And then you did another 15 deals because mm-hmm. you wanted to protect your investor money as well. Right. Um, I, I, I just see nothing but wins. I'm not sure what you're complaining about, Lauren. Not no. Oh, yeah. No, but it didn't feel like it when you're getting sued. And then uh, on top of that, in that time in my life, I was going through a divorce, you know? So oh, dear goodness. I was going through a divorce. I'm going through a lawsuit. I mean, life is just kicking me in the butt, right? But you I'm kept just... standing up. You kept moving yeah. forward. I was getting punched in the face a lot, but I I kept going, you know, I I went through my divorce and then around somewhere, let's take, you know, like year five and six, and I could be getting these years. I'm not perfectly right here. I don't have this chronology in front of me, right? But (laughs) it's somewhere around 2016, you know, I'm gaining traction. I'm like, man, I'm doing, I did well on this flip. I'm like, this is awesome. But my market really started drying up. Like I was doing all these things to get deals and they're not working anymore. And, and I remember it was like, I'm going three months, no contract. And I'm like, what is going on? Like my, and I'm, man, I was racking up a direct mail budget. Like it's now going, okay, I just spent $10,000. I've gotten nothing out of that. Like what's going on? Like this is starting so to get scary. Who moved my cheese? Somebody moved yeah. my cheese, right? And I didn't have the golden handcuffs of a marriage like to fall back on it. So I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like, like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm on my own. Like, what do I do? And again, I leaned into mentorship. So I got into a mentorship program with somebody who was virtual. And I purposely picked this mentorship program because I knew he was in different markets. And his perspective really helped me. We got on a phone call and I said, listen, California, something's up. Like, you know, the other students in these other markets seem to not be dealing with what I'm dealing with in Orange County area adjacent, right? He happened to know that that my market was extremely saturated. He had worked my market for one month. He was like, he was going to partner up with a very well-known, you guys do know this person, investor. They were going to team up and just like own the world. And this guy lives in SoCal. And he did it for one month. And he's like, no, we talked to those sellers. Like it was miserable. Like it was nothing like the markets we play in. Like it was, you are in a very hard market to negotiate a good deal. You know, it's just very saturated with competition and people that just want to live there. He's like, you would probably have an easier time going to a virtual market. Oh my gosh. So so, hence the virtual investing mastery was born. Yeah. I find that things come like great things come out of a huge problem we're trying to solve or a huge, like just burden and then hence like the light shines through or another door opens when the one closes. Right. Right. It really, it's crazy. You know, I, if my cheese literally moved out of state and I had to go chase it and, you know, long story short, it was definitely a lot of ups and downs going virtual at first. I didn't have a ton of mentorship. Like I only knew that one guy that was doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it was definitely, I would say like four years of kind of figuring stuff out. I'm still figuring out virtual as we go because this market changes this business changes constantly. Like what works right now isn't going to work probably in six months. Like, so, I mean, it's still been very much a roller coaster, but definitely, you know, looking back, like where, you know, my ceiling was 
10 years ago and where my ceiling is now, you know, what a fortunate position to be in. So I wouldn't, you know, I absolutely would not change anything that I went through. And now it's looking, you know, for the next goal. Like you're always as an entrepreneur, by the way, you're never going to be satisfied. Like you're going to be like, Oh, hit my goal. Now what's next? And you're going to be mad that you're not where you next, the next place you want to go. Right. It's why they call it like shiny object syndrome. We're, we're entrepreneurs though. Everything's a shiny object. Everything is a goal for us. Everything is the next step or the next ceiling, you know, in your words. And guys, if you're getting value out of this, which I, I don't know how you couldn't be, if you know somebody, a friend, a sister, an aunt, a mother, a brother that might resonate with, you know, the story of the entrepreneurship roller coaster that Lauren is so perfectly explaining. Please share this episode with somebody that needs it because it's touched my heart. It's it's gonna it's actually changing my life. I'm, I'm getting so much from this. And also, if you haven't done so yet, you know, rate and review this podcast. Obviously, five star review only, and it helps the algorithms. People love that. It'll get our podcast in front of more people that need what Lauren is talking about here. Yeah, no, honestly, Brent, it's been a very, very wild ride. And I think that there is not enough podcasts with people like in our space talking about things not going so well. Oh, yeah. They, like, they kind of hide it. And it they happens hide to it. everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's... I would listen to these podcasts and it was like, yeah, I started like, you know, with some direct mail and like, Three months later, like I closed my first deal and made $500,000 on it. And then I closed 50 deals that year. And it's always like these crazy tales of overnight success. And I don't know if these people are just flat out lying or they're just really lucky. I wasn't lucky. So I always tell people like, listen, I wasn't lucky and not everyone is. And you don't even know if those stories that you hear are true. So just expect the entrepreneur roller coaster. And on that note, Brett, I've got two books that carry me through these challenging times that I read pretty frequently. One is Darren Hardy's Compound Effect. That one was something I picked up from day one. And I really applied his you know, work ethic and that he explains in that book. The other one is the entrepreneur roller coaster that Darren Hardy wrote. That's where I got that term. And it just kind of gives you perspective that there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Um, but being an entrepreneur is extremely w- rewarding. It's something to be very proud of because it is the road less traveled. Oh my gosh. So like two amazing books. I love the compound effect. I'm actually going to really dive more into that, especially you just kind of relit my fire on Darren Hardy. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think more people can resonate with, with the struggles. The road to success is absolutely through the gutter. And I mean, you better believe that I still have struggles in my business. You know, you, we can't be out here coaching this stuff with our backs to our business, our team. And they're out there doing like, they do amazing things. We have teams. We couldn't do this without our real estate teams, our, our, our team members in our business. But let me tell you, there is always a challenge that we have to overcome. Guys, you heard it. You heard Lauren uh, so amazingly share like her past, like how she started her her entrepreneurship roller coaster. You know, find yourself a Cheryl, you know, and put it in your mind. Quitting is absolutely never an option. And I heard I heard Lauren say so many times, find that mentor, that mentor, that mentor. And then getting traction. You know, that third year, she it took her 3 years to get traction. She did not quit. And the lawsuit, holy crap, on the like year 3, like 
That is just, you know, astounding. And then all while raising two amazing children. Uh, Lauren, if you could give any advice to the 25-year-old Lauren, you know, that found Cheryl leaving her corporate job, what would it be as the parting words? Man, don't quit and keep don't obsessing. Quit. Keep obsessing quit. over Cheryl. <laughs> I love it. I mean, very successful business people have obsessive mentalities. I mean, Grant Cardone is one that comes to mind. Whether you love him or hate him, I see him as an obsessive businessman. He gets something in his mind and he just goes for it. So that's that's beautiful. Obsess and don't quit. Thanks so much for being on with us, Lauren. It was great. Thank you for having me. God bless. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.